This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Thursday night, and you know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host, Paul Zartman. Paul, how are you tonight? Uh, it's Thursday night, so it's always a good night. It is. Uh, it's the day before the weekend. I mean, you got another day's work left, and that's about it. We get to do this. Yes, we get to have fun and talk about a passion of ours, all elite wrestling, and uh Adding a few more recaps this week. Uh, you're going to cover AEW Elevation or AEW Dark Elevation, I guess is the proper title for it. And I'm going to cover Dark this week. They won't be too long of recaps, but we decided to throw that into the mix this week to give us, give us and our listeners and viewers some more, some more content. Yeah, I mean, it's great to be able to recap these, even if not much happens uh, this way. If you don't follow along and you see something that happens on Dynamite, this might help explain why that happened. And there were a few things on Dynamite that if you didn't watch Dark this week, you <laughs> might have been like, I don't, I, you know, scratching your head like, why, why is that going on? So, but uh, first, let's get into being the elite. Yeah, really, what? really short being the elite this <laughs> week. Uh, about what, 10 minutes or so, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but this was episode 250, which got me thinking today. Uh, it doesn't seem that long ago when episode 200 uh, came I- about. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been uh, 50 weeks Mm-mm. since 200 came out. That was the Jackson brothers against each other. Yes, it was. I still but remember that match. Back when they were uh, kind of on lockdown out in California, we we didn't see them for a while. Yep. So, yep. But uh, episode 250, titled Reflection, uh, opens up. Uh, this is kind of a new theme of how they're opening up being the elites with Matt Hardy and the Matt Hardy family office. I'm still not a fan of that name at all. Um, but um, they're talking about forming the Matt Hardy family office and destroying the dark order, order over the past few weeks. Uh, Matt Hardy tells the group their days are numbered and they're committed. They have committed uh, blasphemy. And uh, when they helped Hangman Page take his money. So, yeah. Um, sadly, there was a spoiler in there too. There was. He, uh, <laughs> Matt Hardy kind of slipped that he beat five on uh, Elevation yeah. when being the elite premieres before Elevation airs. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was filmed afterwards, but it aired out of order. Yep. I caught that and I texted him. I'm like, did he just spoil that match for later tonight? Yep. 
which they could have edited it out, but I'm guessing if they would have tried to chop it, it would have screwed up the whole bit. Yeah, something would have seemed off if they did. Um, and also, you caught that butcher in the blade talked about hurting John Johnny Silver's shoulder, and he hurt it himself during yeah. the match with Darby. Yeah, and I mean, even post-match, they didn't attack Silver. <laughs> yeah, so... so. Just one of those, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of weird bets. But we then see the Dark Order in, the, in their in their hangout. The group's talking about what happened to them against the Matt Hardy family office. Um, a tipsy hangman comes in and he's listening. Reynolds says he heard from John Silver and his shoulder is okay, and also that John Silver's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, and tends the dad. Then Five comes in and says he gets to keep his shrimp manhood. Uh, uh, if it's on ice, it's on ice. He gets to keep it and get it reattached since the group cut it off last week. Uh, the Dark Order then suddenly notices that Tecante's in the room, sitting typically where um, Anna, Anna would be sitting, Anna J would be sitting. And the group said she's always been there. And Stu Grayson's like arguing with him, like, no, she hasn't. And then, yeah. uh, then he throws Five's manhood at Evil Uno, and Tim's ten stomps on it, and Five yells for a really, really, really long time. Did you catch Hangman in the background though, just trying not to lose it? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. I in his, in his uh, little mini cowboy hat. Those guys do good job at, at not. At, and, and, and do you notice? Do you pick up on the lines they give Ten every week? Oh yeah, something different, <laughs> and they're funny. And again, I still, I got to give Stu credit. He's not letting us forget about Anna. In in an underrated funny guy, the group's Cole Cabana. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. I mean, I mean, it's still, uh, it's still interesting how he ended up with the group. You know, I don't know if, if Brody yeah. wouldn't have got sick. I don't think that was the direction they were going to go with him. So no, I think he was going to split off and then Brody got sick and he said, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. We then see Carl Anderson and Kenny Omega celebrating their big win, and they want to talk with Doc Gallows. They go to Too Sweet Doc, and he's apparently blind. He's got sunglasses <laughs> on. Anderson says he's been gone for an hour after the match. Then he realizes what he's been doing. He's been doing that activity that Anderson pretty much cut him off from doing. Uh, and Anderson's like, I thought that was a myth. Um, and then, and then Carl yeah. says they're going to start losing again. Then Doc still wants to party, and he starts crashing into everything around the hallway because his pants are down around his knees. And the unsung hero of all this is Kenny. Like he had no clue what was going on. Like he'd never heard the myth before. He didn't know what these guys usually do. It fit perfectly, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's like Kenny's clueless. He's yeah. he's does doesn't know what's going on. What do you mean then, he's doing what? <laughs> We then see clips shown from the Arcade Anarchy from last week's Dynamite. Then we see a promo from last week's show of Matt Jackson and, and Don Callis. Of course, what happened there with Callis end up slapping Matt and trying to get a reaction, but Matt didn't really do anything. Callis called Matt pathetic in the segment. We cut backstage and Matt's holding his jaw. Nick asks him what's wrong with his jaw. Matt says they need to go for a walk and have a talk. Then it cuts back to the ring when the Young Bucks come out to the ring with John Moxley to face off with Omega and the Good Brothers on Dynamite. With Callis uh, having some words playing in the background about the Young Bucks not being who they once were, Matt and Nick are each getting ready in front of the mirror. The brothers look in the mirror as we see clips from previous years about them winning titles and showing a different side of their attitude. Yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed the ending to it. Mm -hmm, I Uh, agree. I mean, it left the door wide open. Are we going to get one thing? Are we going to get the other? 
had you guessing the whole time. And I got to say, this is the one thing I love about this company. Yep. The, the cliffhangers at the end of the episodes are pretty good. I um, yep. being the elite, uh, even though it was a, it was a short episode and I still thought it was a decent one. And, and the cliffhanger really led up to some events. We'll talk about that happened last night on dynamite. So. Yes, absolutely. But Paul, you had the task this week of watching elevation and kind of giving us a recap what happened. So I'm going to let you take it away. I did. Uh, Elevation opened up, as it always does. Uh, Well, just now started doing it. Uh, It's Monday night. You know what that means. So i got to say that uh, the company is using that slogan for everything, and I'm loving it. Absolutely. It's a great slogan. Um, I don't think Brody ever intended for that to be a slogan like that, but it was just something fun he was doing. So started doing it when uh, he got released from WWE and he was waiting for his yep. contract to, or his no compete clause to run up. Yep. And he always said, you know, whatever day it was, you know, it's mm-hmm. Monday. You know what that means? It's Tuesday. You know what that means? And there was never anything that followed. Except uh, when he started being the exalted one, he would remind evil right. Uno to remind him what day it was. Right. <laughs> that was the only time it changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we opened up with uh, Hangman and Bill Collier. Uh, it was a good match. I mean, Collier looked strong last week. He looked strong again this week. Uh, one thing I caught that I thought was funny is apparently the name bar above Hangman said, Hangman doesn't know it's not Wednesday. <laughs> so He's always was, got the best lower thirds. Yes, he does. Um, but Hangman came out victorious uh, in about three and a half minutes. But it was a jam-packed three-and-a-half-minute match, I got to say. How How is the commentary team of Paul White and Tony Schiavone? I really enjoyed it. Um, they work well together. I mean, they complement each other. And I was surprised Paul White was as good on commentary as he was, honestly. I haven't watched Elevation in a few weeks, I got to say. I caught the first week. And what I liked about Paul White that week was he was explaining why wrestlers target certain body parts and stuff. And it was just a whole yep. different perspective. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, you know, he was uh, throughout the entire show, he'd, somebody would hit a move and he'd explain why that move was done the way it was. Just kind of helping the viewer who's never been in the ring understand why they do the things they do. And it's a nice little break from the regular commentary, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Taz brings some of that, too, when he's on commentary. Taz Taz does a pretty good job. Yes, he does. Um, next up was the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison uh, against Dean Alexander and Charlie Bravo. Uh, the Varsity Blondes came out on top. There was a lot of back and forth. I think Garrison might have injured his knee at some point in this match uh, because he kept grabbing for it, especially towards the end. But he was able to pick up um, Bravo, and they hit a double-team move um, on him and got the pin. It was a good match, good win yeah, the Var- the Blondes. They're, they're one of those teams that's racking up wins on Elevation and Dark. Yeah. Um, if they keep going the way they do, those wins and losses on Dark and Elevation do count towards Dynamite. They could end up in the tag team title picture soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we got the pink dream, Alex Gracia, making her way to the ring. Uh, Britt Baker came out. She got an amazing promo. The best she part always, of the match. She's turning into, on the mic, for AEW, for the women's division, to what, like, Mox and Eddie Kingston. Every time she grabs a mic, you know it's going to be fire, and you better pay attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
the match was 28 seconds. <laughs> Squash. But her promo was about three minutes. So it equaled out to about the three and a half minute segment. Uh, she called Gracia an enhancement talent and it said she was going to blow right through her. But to be fair, Baker got into the referee's position to give Gracia a chance. So Gracia took the dominant position. And as soon as the bell rang, Baker instantly reversed it into the lockjaw. And she tapped out. Yep. I, I would call her veteran, but she's not really a veteran. I was going <laughs> to say veteran move, but a more experienced move than, than her opponent. Yep. yep. Up next, we had uh, Dark Orders 10 against Danny Limelight. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they love using Danny Lime, Limelight on Elevation. Yeah, yeah. and I got to say, he looked He's good. good in this match. Mm-hmm. He held his own. He was more offensive than 10 was. Um, and But 10 still pulled out the victory. Uh, it was about a six-minute match. 10 came out on top, which improved his singles record this year to 9-1. and one. Oh, I didn't realize it was that good. That's good, I didn't though. either, and when I saw that, I was like, I need to include that because I had no clue that was his record. And his one loss was against Max Caster in the qualifier for the uh, face of the revolution ladder yep. match. Yep. Uh, up next, we had Big Swole and Jasmine Allure. Um, this was a pretty one-sided match, honestly. Swole looked sure. good returning um she's been out for a while i'm glad to see her back um swole finished off alert with a tiger bomb into a texas cloverleaf to get the submission yeah it'll be nice to see swole get built up again um get her some wins under her belt and get her back on dynamite yeah uh this next match i'll tell you who it is i'll tell you who win and then i'll give you my one comment about it Michael Nakazawa defeated Very Morales in four minutes and 19 seconds. This match did not need to exist at all whatsoever. <laughs> hey, you got, Nox got to get a win <laughs> somehow once in a while. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was. Yeah, oh, yeah mm, I can imagine. what I can, Not the time nor the place for it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next up was a squash match. Um, and it was only this long because it was Lance Archer. he took on baron black um jake roberts joined everybody on commentary uh but he wasn't there very long like i said um archer hit some good moves and hit the blackout finished off black and complete squash honestly did did you watch sammy's vlog this week i have not yet well this is a spoiler alert because <laughs> I, I got to say it now. I set myself up. Well, Baron Black coming into this week was the reigning Sammy Vlog champion, even though it's the BT title, but they haven't even mentioned it on BT in a month. month. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, Captain uh, Shandine pretty much made Baron Black forfeit the title because he was oh. too much of a jobber to have the title. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Uh, after the match, um, Roberts and Archer did some mic work directed at Sting, as usual. Uh, and the promo, again, lasted longer than the entire match. Archer says he does view Sting as a hero, but he is going to take him out. Interesting, after we what we saw last night? Yes, yes. Um, up next was another women's match. We had Ryo Rio Mizunumi taking on Tesha Price. Ryo came out on top. 
Uh, she finished Price with a spear to get the pin. The sad thing about this is that ended the match, and it was just really starting to get going. Hmm. I mean, we were really starting to see a lot of action, and then you hit the spear, and it's over. It's like they they finally figured out their chemistry and their pace a little too late. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Up next, we had uh, Max Caster and Colt Cabana going one-on-one. Of course, Anthony Bowens was ringside, and Colt came with Evil Uno. Uh, as usual, Caster came out with his sick rhymes. Man, he's we'll he's skilled. <laughs> I know, I know, he's the same beat every week, but it's pretty good. Yep, he told. Uh, he said. To Colt, he goes, your podcast sucked, Colt. I tried to listen. <laughs> so uh, Bones jumped up on the apron, threw Caster's big chain across the ring to Evil Uno, who was also on the apron as referee Ad- Every Edwards, uh, Aubrey Edwards, let's try that again, went over <laughs> to deal with Uno. Bones then slid the boombox into the ring. Caster tripped Cabana headfirst into it, rolled him up for the win. Notice yep. what I said there. Yep, rolled he gets up. rolled him up, but uh, at least the boom <laughs> box was involved. He yeah. gets a lot of he's got a lot of wins. Uh, that's why he was uh, yep. going against Hangman last night for the number try to be a number one contender or the number one in the rankings, I should say, not right. number one contender. Um, but a lot of them he gets dirty, but that's why he's a young aggressive heel, and he's got a heck of a backstory. Very cool backstory on him. So uh, it's cool to see him and Anthony Bowens doing so well. Yep. Uh, up next was another match that really didn't need to happen. It was pointless. It was a private party, Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny and Matt Hardy uh, taking on Adam Price, Ryzen, D3, and Fuego Del Sol. So a lot of the Sammy <laughs> vlog, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a suplex into the Drag the Lake from the Butcher and the Blade finished Del Sol in another match, like I said, that just didn't, didn't need to be there. Yeah. It was... It was quick. Yep. Um, afterwards, Paul White interviewed John Silver. Um, he talked about how Reynolds and Silver showed up at their first Dynamite as local talent, but put on a good enough show to get recruited by the Dark Order, which led to them being the recruiters for the Dark Order. Uh, they also talked about Brody Lee's impact on Dark Order, Silver's career, and the great match Silver had against Darby Allen for the TNT title. And it was a Great segment, but it should have been a little bit sooner in the show, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, up next, the match that BTE kind of ruined for us. Uh, Matt Hardy defeated five, and they cut a promo afterwards. That was the big highlight of the match. Hardy cut a promo where he promised to destroy Dark Order with uh, HFO, directing some heat towards TNT title champion Darby Allen. That's his theme lately. And then the final main event, as they booked this as a double main event show, uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page took on Matt and Mike Seidel with the Seidel brothers. Mike got into some trouble. His knee was worked over by Page and Sky. Sky got a near fall after a Billy Robinson backbreaker and then worked over Mike's knee some more with a half grab. Mike was eventually able to escape and get the tag to Matt who hit a brain buster on Sky for a near fall. Page got the tag and took Matt down with a shoulder block, but Seidel came back with a spinning kick for a two count. Matt tagged in Mike, and while the ref was trying to get Matt out of the ring, Scorpio kicked Mike in his bad leg. Page then hit his launching crucifix powerbomb on Mike for the win. So 
first week together and they've got some great chemistry. Yeah, I think this is a, a team going forward. It wasn't just a oh, one off. We, we we saw them up up last night in the rafters at Dynamite and uh I wish both guys had a little longer singles run until they got the team together, especially since Scorpio just turned not too long ago. All ego Ethan Page just debuted in the company a few weeks ago. But I like both guys, especially Ethan Page since I've started watching his vlog. So I'm all for it. They sh- they should be a fun tag team to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, they worked great together. I was I was a little nervous because I'm a Scorpio Sky fan, but I've always liked him with SCU. Mm. Um, so seeing him with Paige, I was a little kind of just set back for a second, but they worked well together, and I'm I'm enjoying them. Yeah. So it's just it's just another uh, strong <laughs> tag team in an unbelievable tag division. Yeah, and uh, that does it for this week's edition of Elevation. Well, yeah, and I had the task of watching and recapping AEW Dark. <laughs> I got to be honest, there was a lot of matches, but a lot of them were really short. Uh, a few towards the end were a little longer, so I'll, uh, I'll fly through this at least at the beginning. <laughs> uh, at the beginning, we had a big tag match. Chandler Hopkins, Jake St. Patrick, and Sage Scott versus the Dark Order which included Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. <laughs> Pretty short match, to be honest. It ended with a Dark Order win, as you would expect. Uh, Reynolds hit a Fisherman's small package driver and for the 1-2-3. I mean, a few a few of these matches that started, they were practically squash matches. There's not much to say about them, including yeah. the second one, which is Team Taz. It was Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks with Hook at ringside against Brick Aldridge, Hayden Buckland, and Justin Law. Uh, towards the end of the match, Hook uh, take, took out Aldridge. Uh, Starks hit um, uh, Rochambeau. Um, Starks and Tagnan Cage and allowed him to get the win. Cage hit the drill claw which was the finishing move for the one, two, three. So uh, Team Task keeps racking up the wins off Dynamite, but then they keep uh, not get, not bickering, yes, on Dynamite. So Then we see uh, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt against Dean Alexander and Rex Lawless. You said Dean Alexander was on that uh, elevation. So uh, Jurassic Express picked up the win. Luchasaurus hit a... A choke slam on Lawless, and then uh, back-to-back kicks on Alexander and, and Lawless, and then Jungle Boy uh, shot the shot the half for the win, pretty much. So, uh, then the interesting matchup here with Ryan Nimeth alongside JD Drake against Fuego del Sol. Honestly, didn't know who was going to win this match going into it because Nimeth racked up so many losses, but Del Sol never wins. Yeah. Uh, Nimeth end up uh, getting Del Sol in a fireman's carry. Fuego wiggled out and hit a backbreaker. Fuego uh, gets got elevated up and and he dragged uh, Nimeth's arm on the ropes. Fuego hit a springboard where he was going springboard in, but he was met by a drop kick. Nimeth then hit the root awakening for the win. So Nimeth gets a much needed win. He needs to start racking up some wins. Yeah, um, I just I think the way this needs to be done, Michael Nakazawa. Fuego del Sol. One might as well. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> might as well, because uh, uh, you can't even call him a librarian anymore. Pretty Peter Avalon yeah. racked up a couple wins, so is Cutler. So, yep. We got two, two other guys <laughs> at the doorstep. So, 
Uh, then we saw John Cruz against the Butcher, who, of course, had the Matt Hardy family office with him. Uh, this was a squash match. The bell rang. Butcher pancaked Cruz into the corner, fired away with vicious headbutts, and followed up with a big chop. Hit a big big body block, and then he dropped Cruz with the filet mignon for the win. I thought okay. that was a great finishing yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear that too often. Um, well, we will soon. Two things about this match. Do you know who, what other wrestling persona John Cruz portrays? No. Serpentico. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, he's so are too- we going to see less Serpentico now? I, we haven't seen Serpentico too much in a while. And I mean, they keep it hidden, but if you Google those two, they're the same guy. Okay. You can Kinda figure it like, out pretty uh, quick. Excalibur without his mask. Yeah. <laughs> and then also the butcher and the blade were on Chris Jericho's latest podcast, which was really good. Uh, go check it out. Talk us Jericho. If you haven't already. Um, I, I really enjoyed the interview cause I learned a lot about these guys that I didn't know, like uh, a meaning behind their names, the butcher and a blade. Well, the butcher's the big guy. He's the brute and he'll just pummel you. And then the blade is cut, you know, muscle. I mean, okay. he, he's like his body. So that's kind of how they got their name. And one of them plays in a band. Yes, that's the butcher. And <laughs> if you were just list to, listening to them talk and had never heard them talk before, you would think their voices are vice versa. Butcher's mm-hmm. voice is extremely high. Blade's got the deep voice. Okay. Because you don't yep. really hear them talk on Dynamite or even when they no. play on BTE. I mean, they've pretty no. much been voiceless the entire time. They brought in the bunny like right off the bat, and she did the talking for him. And really, the butcher did more talking than the blade by by quite a bit on the podcast. But uh, if it, anybody likes podcast, well, of course, if you're listening to this, you like wrestling podcasts. Oh, but yeah. uh, if you're a Chris Jericho fan, go check out um, Talk as Jericho. He always does a really good job interviewing his guests. And should we promote the upcoming other podcast that uh, Jericho is going to be on? Oh, it's a, actually a show. It's not even a podcast anymore. It's Broken Skull Sessions. It's going to be Sunday after WrestleMania on Peacock. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm very mm-hmm. interested. Um, Tony Khan was on Busted Open Radio with our friend David LaGreca the other day. Yep. Um, he was asked about that. and He said he had to think about it for a minute when Jericho approached him with the idea until he was told that Steve Austin was the one pretty much leading the show. And then he he signed off on it really quick because he said he trusts Steve. He trusts Chris. Um, and there was an interesting little minute clip that the WWE released on Twitter in which Stone Cold was doing some rapid-fire questions to Jericho. One of them was favorite tag team partners. And Jericho says, Big Show and Sammy Guevara. So he dropped an AEW talent name on the WWE Network. So you can definitely expect um, Jericho's full career. It's not going to be just narrowed down to WWE. I think they okay. might hit AW a little bit, but I'd be surprised if it's too much. Um, I don't think Vince wants to give AW any uh, free publicity. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's scared of AW, and I think they learned from their Monday Night Wars. They gave WCW too much attention. For instance, yep. when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash went over there, they did the fake Diesel and the fake Razor. Looking back, they probably shouldn't have done that because that made yep. people even tune in more to WCW. But uh, but we'll see. I'm really interested. I mean, talk about a guy who breaks down doors and walls. <laughs> it's Chris Jericho. Yeah. 
That's why I still like his break the walls down theme. Yep. And it'll be interesting because he signed a three-year deal with AEW. That'll run out early next year. Some people think so. Go back to WWE. I don't, but I could see him using some leverage. Uh, I we'll think see. he'll stay put. Yep. We then get a, a women's tag match. I'm probably going to botch these names really bad, <laughs> but Jasmine Allure and uh, Vert Vixen, I believe, against Team C Stars. Ashley Vox and Delmi Exo. Okay. Um, yeah, this match actually was decently long. Uh, Team C Stars got the win. Uh, towards the end of the match, we saw Lur uh, hitting a crucifix bomb for a two count. Vert Vixen uh, tagged out Vox, then hit a running knee, then a Falcon Arrow for another two count. Vert Vixen was talking trash. Exo runs past Vert Vixen on the ropes and hits a hanging uh, neckbreaker. Vox tags in and baits in Vert Vixen. Uh, taking her out with a Tyrus. Um, Vox drops Allure and hits a fish hook slam for a two count as Allure breaks up the pin. Uh, Exo takes out Allure. Exo hits an exploder and Team C Stars hit real, real, R E E L, like fishing reel, catch mm-hmm. for the win. Okay. Yep. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, w- I wasn't familiar with any of those ladies. So. Yeah. Then I saw Max Caster's music video about Hangman Adam Page. Really funny and clever. Check it out if you haven't seen it already. Was it the same beat he uses when he comes down to the ring? You know, a little different. Okay. A little that, different. So That's all that matters. Yep. Then a uh, team of Kylan King and Red Velvet, along with Big Swole, versus Matty uh, Rinkowski in Vipress. Um, decently long match, but... Kylan Keen and Red Velvet get the win like you expected. Uh, towards the end of the match, Red Velvet tagged in and hit a running bulldog. She then set up Vipress in the corner and slammed her down. Rinkowski broke up the pin, though. Uh, then uh, Kaylin Keen hit a kingdom fall and Chef's kiss from Red Velvet for the win. Okay. I like the fact that uh, with her name being Red Velvet, she's incorporating some of those neat little bakery and chef type things into her repertoire well we're starting to see a lot more of that like the sea stars with the real yep um the butcher with the filet mignon we're starting to see a lot more of that throughout aw yeah it's nice that you know it's not oh there's a double arm suplex yeah yeah it's getting getting their finishers with their gimmick so then baron black versus jd drake who is with ryan nimeth Ryan Nimeth was with J.D. Drake, I should say. Um, pretty short match. J.D. Drake got the win. Um, he hit a uh, Claymore kick for the win. So Okay. Then we got the uh, tag team of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss versus Aaron Frey and Casey Navarro. Um, once again, pretty short match. Joey and Sonny get the win. Um, as the, as they hit a greetings from Ashbury Park. Okay. Is their double team finishing move? Ooh. So, we saw Matt Seidel in singles action. Of course, Mike Seidel accompanied him to ringside versus uh, Mike Magnum. A lot of M's here. Matt, Mike, <laughs> Mike. Uh, Magnum had he had a paintbrush to start this, and he was talking some trash. It was a pretty quick match. Seidel ducked the paintbrush shot. Um, then he laid in some hamstring kicks, and he had a buzzsaw kick, and then a lightning spiral for the win. Okay, so are they trying to portray him as a painter? 
with the paintbrush or yes okay it's part of his gimmick yeah okay then we see TNC champion Darby Allen. He's up in the rafters for this next match, and he's watching. This next match is Matt Hardy with the Hardy family office versus Very Morales. Uh, really short match. Uh, Matt Hardy um, locked in the leech and made Morales tap out. Same way that he beat uh, five. So he's not winning just by the uh, twist of fate. Anymore. No, although he did spend a lot of time when he was facing five trying to hit the twist of fate. He did hit a side effect before he locked into okay. Leech, but it was really the post-match, which was the big takeaway from this dark post-match. We saw Matt Hardy stare Darby out, Darby Allen down. Then he's given a mic. He says, Darby Allen, you have the audacity to call big money Matt a sellout. You are the sellout, not me. When I get the chance, I'll show you how extreme Matt Hardy is. Matt Hardy vows to take the TNT title away from Allen. The truth is the truth. Allen invites the challenge doing this, stands up, and holds the title high. Okay. Then the main event of Dark saw the hybrid two in Helico and Jack Evans versus Bear Country, Bear Boulder, and Bear Bronson. Uh, really long match. Uh, Bear Country came out on top. Um, they end up hitting the Bear Bomb for the win. So. Okay. I won't recover the whole. I won't recap the whole match, but um, I. It was a decent episode of Dark, but like most episodes of Dark, all these match matches are pretty predictable. Yeah, that's the sad part about uh, the show itself is you can look at the card and go, "Oh, well, they're taking on them. They're going to win that." They, you know, and really, we're starting to see that on Dynamite too. We see a lot of talent that's getting a little bit of a push you know they get on dynamite and they even get a lot of offense in but dynamite so far at least in the past year as far as i can remember we haven't seen too many upsets and i'd like them right. to sprinkle one in once in a while so it makes me intrigued in a match like like i know we'll, we'll, we'll recap it but like darby and jd drake last night i knew jd drake wasn't winning that match yeah yeah uh because darby defends it tomorrow night at the first ever House show. Yes, the house always wins. Yeah. So he's going to defend that against the winner of a battle royal, which there's a ton of guys in it. One change, and I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot, I kind of forgot that was even going on tomorrow. Um, one change of the card is Aaron Solo of the factory is going against Cody Rhodes, not all ego at Ethan Page. Ethan Page is now in the battle royal instead. Okay. So if Page manages to pick up the victory takes on Allen beats Allen for the TNT title. Does that end the tag team with him and sky <laughs> far-fetched idea? I know, but it's always it, a possibility. It probably would um, see the problem is they kind of backed themselves in a corner telling us that Darby's not going to lose the title because he defends it next week against Matt Hardy. Yep. Yep, which is why I said I know it's far fetched, but, but but it wouldn't shock me for in the first ever house show for AW to have a title change of some sort either. Yeah. So or or some upsets, maybe they sprinkle in some upsets. So I think that's where we'll get our upsets at. Yeah. Well, last night's AW Dynamite, of course, is from Daly's place, which it looks like it's going to be at least till probably August. Um, if you follow us on Facebook, you saw that Paul shared a press release from AEW today. They're moving a lot of their shows that were scheduled for June and July back to August. Um, it's kind of a bummer 
they didn't keep some in July, but that, that's okay. Um, at least August, maybe the time frame things can start rolling again. So third quarter. Yep, and right before all out. So yep. Uh, show kicked off with the scene from earlier today, the inner circle showing up to the building of vari- variation of vehicles as the group looks to speak for the first time since MJF split away. And I uh, I love that. It was a nice little segment, them just pulling in. I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. Back in black. Uh, the first match of the night, uh, saw Hangman Adam Page versus Max Caster, and, of course, Anthony Bones was by his side. This was for the number one ranking in the – AW rankings for the TNT and the World Heavyweight titles. Um, it's up for grabs. Caster uh, came out doing his usual rapping. Uh, really good rap. Um, and, but and then Bowens gets in, has the boom box. Page takes him down, and then he starts going to work on Caster. Uh, towards the end of the match, Caster tries for a springboard move and takes a midair clothesline from Page. Page tries for the dead eye, but Bowens slides in the boom box to the ring. The ref takes it away and barks at Bowens. Bowens is able to slide his chain into the ring. Caster pops Page with the chain, but Page kicks out at two. Caster heads to the top rope and uh, goes for an elbow drop, but nobody was home. Page then goes to the apron. Uh, Bowens grabs his leg as he's trying to go for the buckshot lariat. Page kicks him away, hits a moonsault on Bowens, gets back up, hits the buckshot for the one, two, three. Now, you talk about um, upsets here or unpredictable moments. This was the first time Max Caster has used either the boombox or the chain and lost. Correct. So I honestly had Caster winning this match just because of that. Well, when he popped him with the chain, I thought I might be the three count, but and which would have been a big upset and would have been huge push for Caster. But they're going a strong direction with Hangman. That's oh, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, he's not going to lose two. He needs to. Yeah, he's not going to lose too many matches in 2021. No. So we then uh, see Tony Schiavone in the ring as he introduces the Death Triangle, and we see Pac back this week with. Um, Penta and Ray Phoenix. Um, he's reminding everybody they have a title shot uh, from winning the Casino Tech Team Battle Royal, and it's going to happen next week against the Young Bucks. Then we Orange Cassidy's music hits, or may, it might be the best friend's music now. I, I don't know. I but, don't know. It said freshly squeezed, so I'm guessing. Yeah, it did. It did. That's a good point. But who That's knows? a good point. Um, we saw Cassidy come out with Trent and Chuck Taylor and Chris Statlander. She looks like she's officially part of their group now. Yep. Uh, Cassie says it's nice to see all three of them back in the ring again. Then on the big big screen, we see highlights all the way back to last year's um, revolution. Or no, two years ago. And, yeah. uh, no, no, it was last year, 2020. Jeez, I'm getting my years mixed up now. It was 2020 before the pandemic started. Um, it seems like it was five years ago. And then we, we also saw some highlights from last year in May. Uh, from a dynamite, well, pretty much Orange Cassie getting pummeled by the group. Um, Taylor's Chuck Taylor says it's been a while, but they all still remember what happened. Pac says he gets why they are here, and clearly they see the writing on the wall. Pac says they want a shot at the next AW Tag Team Champions. He tells them that they got a lot of work to do and aren't worthy. Trent then gets on the mic, says he knows they got to work their way up. He's been out of action but they have more wins than any tag team in the company. Trent says he just wanted to let them know that the boys are back in town. Oh, and they got an alien with them now too. Yeah, I love that part. And just, you know, the boys are back in town. Oh, yeah, and we've got an alien with us too. 
you you made mention in a text message last night. You think Trent's got a little edgier side to him, and I said it looks he looks more balked up now. Yeah, um, you know, in the past, the way Trent delivered that promo, he wouldn't have done it. He would have kind of done it like Orange Cassidy did. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see. You know, I like Trent. I like the best friends. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that something comes of this, and we actually see them do something yeah i'm interested to see what they're going to do with orange cassidy because you know they had him beat jericho two out of three times in 2020 that probably should have put him up towards the main event and then it never really happened um i also think his orange is still too green mm. to go for the AEW title and i think even orange himself knows that and i think you know somewhere backstage probably was a conversation of look I know I've done what I need to to get here, but I'm not ready yet. So they just kind of moved him back with the best friends. Well, and it would be weird to see his character with the title, but I guess it just goes back to that angle or the storyline with Miro and Kip. It lasted for six months. It just took, it took all those guys out of everything else they could have done. So, yeah. We then see outside Daly's place, Mike Tyson shown taking pictures with uh, Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer. Thought that was interesting, but it's uh, two well-known guys around the sports world, so uh, good promotion for the company. Yeah, it was real nice to see. Um, and then, of course, you were just left wondering, uh, what's he doing here? Yep, when's when's Tyson going to show up? Uh, you know, it was yeah. it was uh, released a few days beforehand that he was going to be back and. Uh, it's like, all right, wonder what he's going to be doing. So we then see the inner circle make their way to the ring. Uh, Chris Jericho gets on the mic, says they got a wake-up call after getting beat up by the pinnacle. He apologizes to everybody for letting people down. Says he may not be smart at everything, but he's smart when it comes to pro wrestling. He wants to bring MJF, and he wanted to bring MJF into the group to keep him under his thumb. Jericho keeps referring to MJF as my jerk-off friend, which got a pop out of me. I laughed pretty good at that. So did I. Jericho said he knew he would eventually turn on them, but he didn't think he'd be a step ahead of them. Jericho then jokes about giving MJF a swirly last week and can't wait for the swir- and can't wait for the swirly chant when he when he comes out. Uh, Jericho talks about MJF wanting everything right now and doesn't want to wait. Jericho says he can't be the greatest of all time right off the bat. He's got to start smarter, be better than Peter Avalon, Mike Nakazawa, and even his scarf. He tells MJF that he's not as good as he thinks he is, and he'd go back to uh, check his phone after every match to see what people thought. Jericho calls him a mark and says that maybe that phrase should be called a max. He continues that MJF will never be better than him and has surrounded himself with sour men. He calls Tully Blanchard the third string of the four horsemen. That was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he says FTR is one of the best, but he can't tell which is which. Then he really goes after Sean Spears pretty, pretty, something pretty fierce. He said Spears has great upside, but he's never seen it. He's just seen his name show up on his phone when he was fired from the Fed a decade ago. He says Wardlow has no brains. Uh, Jericho knows the Pinnacle is a good group, but if they want blood or violence, then they got it. He says May 5th, it will be the Pinnacle versus Inner inner Circle in a blood and guts match. Yeah, um, I'm excited for this. 
And uh, let's not forget how he uh, ended that promo. That they were, uh, you know, back in black. Yes, that's right. I, I didn't. I didn't write that down in my notes. They need to incorporate that song somehow. <laughs> that that one might be a, a version of it or something. So I that was going to say, yeah, right to it. Yeah, because um, I know Tony's buying rights to music, but that <laughs> one, uh, that was not a, happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could uh, you could do like we do at the radio station, pay royalties every time you play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could. I mean, it's uh, but they got the back and black T-shirt now on shopaw.com with all five guys of the inner circle. Really cool looking shirt. Uh, they're definitely baby faces now. Yeah, they came out the tunnel, and that locks them in right then and there when you do that. Uh, I got to say I loved Jericho and the fact that he brought up his own past. It's like, you know, I know MJF's going to attack me for this, so if you want the things I've done in the past, there's a whole list in the back that you could follow. And he talks about wearing a scarf five years ago. Yep. And then um, his stab at Spears's mohawk mm-hmm. i was right there with that one just because since he appeared with the blonde mohawk i'm like get rid of it well and you i laughed i laughed he had a little psycho sid verbiage in there which knowing jericho i was like did he screw that up or did he mean to do that when he said wore those 85 percent brains 15 percent body yeah or whatever no. it was yeah i i think he meant to do that on purpose. i did too I did too, but and of course Jericho got his word of the week out, so he always yep. likes when he does that. Yep. So good stuff. Really good promo. I loved it. Um, if Jericho. you haven't seen the promo, go look up the All Elite Wrestling YouTube channel and mm-hmm. watch it from start to finish. It's fantastic. Yeah, you can probably find it on their Facebook and Twitter as well, maybe even yep. Instagram. Yep. So then we see backstage Dash Gonzalez talking with Christian Cage about his debut match against Frank Kazarian. Cage said it was a culmination of taking back what was taken from him seven years ago. Cage says Kazarian is a great wrestler, but he makes his opponent level up. Um, Taz then comes and jumps in to talk with Cage. Taz says seven years ago is a long time. He has a bunch of guys who could make him even better. Taz offers Cage an offer to join Team Taz. He says they can make each other better. Cage goes to talk, but Taz says to think it over and get back with him. Yeah, it was a little interesting uh, segment, uh, and I, I almost wore my Outwork Everyone shirt on along with the new zip-up, but I decided, you know, one one's good enough for the week. But, uh, yeah, Christian Cage, still good on the mic. I mean, that's really all he's done for the last seven years because um, he had a show over on the network that I don't know if Peacock brought over or not. Yeah, I don't know if they did or not yet. And it's probably one of those that they're going to have to go through and be like, well, we got to take this segment out and this segment. And they're doing that segment. with every piece of content. So it's yep. literally got to take till August to get everything over. Oh, absolutely. It's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yep. But, uh, but it, it looks to me, I mean, let's be honest. He's not going to join team Taz. No, but no. that could be a storyline. He goes into double or nothing with one against one of these guys or, or, Maybe we get a team of cages. Yeah. Yeah. Just as long as they don't do something stupid like Christian's <laughs> cages long lost uncle or something. <laughs> no, that's bad creative. That's, yes. that's the other company. Yeah, you're they would. They would do oh, Yes, if they had is, both of those is, there. This oh, is good oh, stuff. Oh, 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 get it. Oh, oh, print it. Oh. Yeah. This this is good stuff. 
Just like when Hornswoggle was my long lost son. This is good stuff. Yes. <laughs> That's my Vince impression. I can't do it. Uh, I, can't do I do the, the walk better, better than I do the voice. So. <laughs> Uh, we then finally got to a second match. There was a lot in between the first and yes. second match of the night. This was the Khan versus Godzilla match, even though JR screwed it up and said King Khan versus Godzilla. I mean, Khan, I mean, Khan versus Godzilla. It's like, JR, yeah. come on, man. Um, and then talk well, about how great the movie was. Yeah, I love the guy, but uh, interesting little promo showing scenes of the movie and then incorporating Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and both members of Bear Country. Um, I got to be honest, Paul, this match didn't do a whole lot for me. No, I spent the majority of the match texting you to go watch Godzilla vs. Kong. You did. You haven't done it yet. <laughs> you did. You did. Uh, and I have not seen it, but it's on my agenda to do in the near future. Um but we saw Jurassic Express get the win, which that was predictable. There's no yeah. way they're going to lose. They're they're one yep. of the top tag teams. Jungle Boys in the top five of the of the rankings. But I think and I've kind of hinted on this on previous episodes we've done. I think I'm just getting a little burnout from the Jurassic Express. Uh, me as well. I'm ready to see that Jungle Boy push, and whether it be the T. I think to start, it's got to be the TNT title. That. <laughs> AEW championship belt is just going to swallow him up. It is huge. I, I agree. He's not ready for the, the, the big boy belt yet. TNT would be good for him, but, and I know they're not going to do this until they've had crowds, full crowds back for a little while, but I, I keep saying it. I want to see Luchasaurus heel, a heel version yes. of the T-Rex. Yes, that would be absolutely fantastic. Instead of the green mask, make it red or, you know, a darker color. Have some blood coming out of teeth, or, or yeah. yeah, from the yeah, and yeah. have them just kill Marco to turn heel. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Marco, <laughs> but um, you're good on Sammy's vlog, but uh, stay there. Yes, he is releasing an album come October. He announced on Sammy's oh, vlog. So this is an actual serious thing that he's doing. It's not. I I thought it was just fun for Sammy's vlog. I didn't realize mm. he actually had an idea for this. No, I guess he's got an idea. So are we going to walk with Elias again? Uh, I hope it's not that. Um, he even <laughs> he even uh, sings the Paul White when Paul White's trying to go to the restroom on the latest vlog. Okay, you need to go check out Sammy's vlog if you haven't already, I, everybody. So yeah, uh, back to the match. Like I said, Jurassic Express got the win, but they uh, towards the end of the match, Jungle Boy um, hit a clothesline. Luchasaurus sent Boulder out of the ring. Luchasaurus then choke slammed. Uh, I think the other one, I wrote Boulder, but I think it was the other one. And then he had a standing moonsault, and that was the cover. He got the cover. He usually doesn't get the cover with that move. Yeah. Um, although, I got to say, the one thing that I am disappointed about in this match is it didn't follow the movie storyline. I was interested to see what that was going to happen. Um, again, I'm not going to spoil the movie for anybody, but a little bit different than the movie storyline. And... If you watch, they promoted this as Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt, and we didn't have Marco this week. Correct. I did notice that because last week, remember, they got mad at him for the con tattoo on his forearm. So, yep. I don't know. Don't know why that was. Maybe Marco turns heel. Mm, doubt <laughs> it. I couldn't take him serious as a heel for a minute. So, mm, no. We then uh, go to the Nightmare Factory training facility. Uh, QT Marshall 
He's talking about Cody Rhodes and their friendship and uh, saying he's always done the work for Cody. QT is surrounded by Anthony Agogo, Nick Comoroto, and Aaron Solo. QT talks about Cody not cutting it in WWE and going to the Indies where he surrounded himself with vanilla midgets. Um, he also, when he's talking about his WWE time, he mentioned kind of being under Ted DiBiase Jr. and hiding behind face paint. Definitely took some shots. I thought it was a really good promo. He did, yeah. Um, I mean, he, he gets he gets you to hate him pretty quick. Um, Agogo says he's a mainstream name in the UK, but he's in America, and the silly Yanks will learn the hard way who he is. Marshall says this is his nightmare factory as Camarado throws blue paint over the Nightmare Family logo on the wall. Which I thought was uh, a little interesting as somebody who followed Cody when he did wear all of his face paint. The blue, that color blue was the same color he used the last time he was wearing it, and it's the color Dustin's been wearing too. Good so catch. Kind of like a, just a here, we're done with you. Good catch. We'll see where this uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I know you said you don't think it'll lead to a QT Cody match at double or nothing, but uh, we'll see. No, I think uh, it'll be set that way, and then on the go home show, QT will find a way to get out of it and put somebody else in it, and just to beat down Cody before he actually does it himself. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where this this goes. Then we see uh, Sting head out to the ring, or Tony Schiavone announce him. Sting, of course, <laughs> like always, as every week. It's 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 kind of getting old. Uh, I got to be honest. Uh, but Jake Roberts interrupts. Um, we see Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page up in the rafters, uh, looking on to see see what what's going on. Uh, Roberts says every week Sting comes out and gets interrupted and doesn't say anything. Jake asks where Dar- Darby Allen's at. Lance Archer comes out and grabs the mic. Archer said he's tired of it all. He's not going to get a match. Then just go away. He should be in the main event. This is his time, and he should be talking with Shivani. Steen finally rips the mic away from Archer and says he has something to say. Steen says he totally, to- totally agrees that Archer's a main event talent and shouldn't leave, and that takes Jake Roberts and uh, Archer kind of back. Uh, he thinks Jake needs to help Archer channel that energy. Steen says he's got it in him. He just needs to make it happen. Steen then walks to the back. Archer and Roberts seem a bit confused by all of this, and then they head to the back through the face tunnel, which they came out of, and we see Ethan, pa- Ethan uh, Page and Scorpio Sky looking on from the stands and laughing and rolling their eyes. So that was interesting that they cut to those guys right after this. Yeah, um, there was like no mention of them, and then all of a sudden it's like every chance they got, they were on those two there for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it is, it's, it's become Tony's catchphrase again. I mean, I was thinking we were going to get Sting and... Uh, Lance, but maybe with that promo last night, kind of confusing. Maybe we get, maybe we get uh, Sting and Lance versus Page and Sky. Mm, that'd be interesting. But there's three guys in there that I don't want to see take a loss. Yeah, Archer, so, Sky, and Page. Exactly, <laughs> Sting. It doesn't matter. He got his win, yeah. and he he's good with putting talent over, but. I thought it was interesting how they brought up the Archer wins, the goes away, wins, goes away. The company's kind of admitting that they've made a mistake how they pushed him. Yeah. And, you know, he, he is a main event caliber guy, but, you know, he's closer to 50 than he is 40. I so know. His time's think, running out. I think that's why they're hesitant to push him because uh, they did that with Jericho. 
Uh, of yeah. course, you know, you had to push Jericho because it's Chris Jericho. Uh, let him get his push, then get him out of the way. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's time that uh, they need to get Archer in the main event. Yeah, he was there once. Time to get him back there again yep. before it's too late. Uh, TNT title match, uh, Darby Allen defending against J.D. Drake, who, of course, had Cesar Bononi and Ryan Nemeth alongside him, and Darby had Sting alongside him. Uh, and the baseball bat. Yes, and the baseball bat. Don't forget the bat. <laughs> we we kind of were talking about this earlier, how uh, we knew Darby wasn't going to lose this match. Uh, I thought this was kind of a sloppy match, to be honest. Another match I had yep. trouble getting into. Um, really, towards the end of the match, we saw uh, – Darby hit the avalanche code red and then the coffin, coffin drop for the win. Post-match was kind of the big takeaway from this match. Post-match, Darby's posing on the stage with the title. Then he gets run over by the butcher. The Hardy family office strolls out, and uh, they're, they're going to beat up Allen. The bunny runs over and starts yelling at commentary like crazy. They're they're calling her crazy. I couldn't even tell what she was saying. Um, then the Dark Order and the majority of it. The Dark Order and Sting come out and run the group off, but the bunny's now cornered by commentary. Take Conti charges her and lands a bunch of shots before uh, their upcoming match, which they said that match was coming up next, and then it didn't come up next. Right, that kind of disappointed me because I figured, you know, look, we just saw it start there. Yep, let's drag them to the ring, have Dark Order pick up Ty and put her in the ring and get the match started. Would have made sense, but they didn't do that. Uh, they went to a yeah. video package showing the rivalry yeah. between Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers in the Young Bucks and John Moxley. And then cut away the backstage, saw Alex Marvez talking with Chris Jericho about the blood and guts coming up. Uh, Jericho ends up getting blindsided by the pinnacle. He actually ran, ran into Marvez. Marvez took yeah. a heck of a bump. Uh, yeah. The pinnacle drags him out to the ring. They're beating up on Jericho more, and MGF's choking him with a scarf. FTR hits a spike pile driver. Backstage, Marvez and the cameraman run down in the inner circles in their dressing room, and it's, it's locked shut. They should have changed the locks. You know, yeah. when, when they got the dressing room back, they should have changed the locks. But the group was beating down the door with Jericho's bat and with a stool, and they finally bust through it. You can see him bust through it. Uh, just about just about then, Jericho was going to take a powerbomb over the ropes through a table by Wardlow. But uh, Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson's music hits and outstrolls the champ himself. Tyson gets in the ring after ripping off his shirt successfully this time, unlike last summer. Uh, he throws a f uh, flurry of punches on Sean Spears. The pinnacle <laughs> yanks Spears out. Uh, the inner circle finally run out as the two sides yell at each other. Tyson's mean mugging and flexing after the attack and even gives them the big one of these. Um, Jericho and Tyson come face to face. Last time they met, they were not on friendly terms. They came to blows. Jericho puts out his hand. Tyson shakes it and they hug. The pinnacle are throwing stuff all over the place as the two sides continue to yell. Jericho stands with Tyson and point to him as the crowd cheers. The one thing I got to say about this uh, that disappoints me, this is, it just reminded me too much of when Tyson joined DX. Yep. Uh, so did last summer's angle too. Yeah. But I mean, HBK and Tyson were back and forth at each other nonstop. Maybe it was H, I don't know. But one of them, they were bickering back and forth for months. And then all of a sudden, he rips off his shirt back when he could rip off a shirt cleanly and it fall to the ground. And he's wearing a DX shirt. So I, I, I don't know how I felt about that. Well, maybe we see him. Maybe we see him turn on the inner circle. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. I still think it would have been better to join Cody since, uh, you know, the factory has a boxer. Cody they do. have a boxer. Yeah. But it makes sense that they're it does. still going to a storyline with Jericho because that was supposed to be, they were supposed to do something all out last year and that got scrapped. So yep. backstage was then see Tony Schiavone talking with Britt Baker and Rebel. Um, she asked Tony. She asked Tony Khan to give the people what they want and give her a title match as she's currently fourth in the standings. But she said she's on top of the food chain and other things like ratings and merch sales. She's got a brand new t-shirt that looks a lot like the AEW logo, but it's DMD. Really cool looking shirt. It is. Um, she says the system's broken, but she'll still climb up the ladder and prove herself anyways. She'll be on Dynamite, Elevation, and Dark to get her wins up. And then she says DMD. Yeah. Uh, good promo segment. Yeah, of course. You know, like I said, Britt has really come into her own when it comes to promos. Um, and I think that's partially due to a year ago today, she got a nose broken, yep. which put her out of action. So she had to work on her mic skills. That was kind of started her big push. Yes, it did. Within it's about the ninth 30 ish time slot a little before then. So we get the bunny versus Tay Conte and, uh, this match went about how I expected, to be honest. Um, Tay Conti came out with the Dark Order and negative one. Uh, the bunny had the blade and the butcher, of course, uh, on her side. Uh, towards the end of the match, the bunny, oh, Hikaru yeah, Shida also was at ringside, I should say, yes. uh, to cheer on Tay Conti, which is kind of weird because Conti's the number one contender. Yeah. Um, the bunny looks for a finisher, but Conti fights out of it. Um, Matt Hardy gets up on the apron for a distraction. Conte moves and catches the bunny with a TKO cover only for a two count. The bunny then takes a cheap shot on Sheeta, then cracks Conte with a kendo stick. There's a brawl on the outside, distracts referee. The bunny climbs to the top. Sheeta takes away the kendo stick. Conte uh, then hits a second rope suplex. Conte hangs on to the suplex, hits the DDT. Ugh. Yeah. Her, her moves, her fresh moves are hard okay. to say. Tays <laughs> for the one, two, three. Yeah, um, I, I'm still. The thing that I'm thinking with Sheeta here, and I know it sounds weird. I think Sheeta's going to turn heel sooner rather than later, and that's why she's accompanying Ty. She's the number one contender. She doesn't think Ty can beat her, so why not join her? And then Sheeta's going to flip heel and take Ty out and retain, leading to taking on Britt Baker somewhere down the road. The problem is I don't see him going heel versus heel with Britt and, and Sheeta. Uh, I know. Um, maybe Sheeta drops the title and then to a face, and then Britt picks it up from there. What face, though? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just Ty asking. Conti? I'm, I, I'm asking okay the tough questions. Um, Statlander, if she can get her wins up um i mean red velvet's already pretty high up in the rankings thanks to dark and elevation um i i think that's where we're gonna see it go but i can't be too sure that's uh, the keep us guessing that's for sure speaking of red velvet we finally get a singles match between her and jade cargill next week that should be a really good match uh, Anthony Agogo finally making his All Elite Wrestling debut. He'll be with QT Marshall. Greenside don't know who he's got to face, but finally, after over a year, he's finally got to get a get a shot in the ring. Yeah. Darby Allen, uh, the TNT champion, is going to be defending it against Matt Hardy. False count anywhere match. 
could get a little extreme, which scares me with Matt Hardy. HFO gets involved. I'm just saying it. So Sting's going to be beating somebody with a bat at some point next week. Bold prediction. Matt Hardy walks away TNT champion. Ooh. Mm. As his last title run as a professional wrestler. Because I don't think he's got too much time left. Right. And okay, I I would be okay with that. I mean, it'd be a way for him to say, look, now as champion, I get that extra pay. That helps me build up uh, the money that I lost thanks to Hangman Adam Page. Seppa would give all the men's side titles to heels, even though the Bucks, I would call them tweeners right now. Yeah. Um, the Bucks will be defending their tag titles. Maybe they drop them next week against Ray Phoenix and Pack. Uh, that would make sense to me just because the fact that the best friends came out to talk to death triangle, they didn't come out to pick on the young bucks. True. They came out after death triangle. True. Um, then we're going to see Dax Harwood with cash Wheeler against Chris Jericho with Sammy Guevara. Mike Tyson's going to be the special ringside enforcer. All other members of the inner circle and the pinnacle are banned from ringside. Les this match is going to this match going to be awesome. Yep. Lay sex gods are back. I mean, there's no question about it now. So what main events next week? Mm. Is it is it that or is it one of the title matches? Uh boy. I I'm going to say the tag title. I'm almost I almost want to go with this just cuz Tyson's involvement and well, it could and this be. is the big one of the big stories they're pushing. So it could be. Um, it builds towards blood and guts, which mm-hmm. we really now that we have it established, yes. it's yes. a month away. So we've really got to start building yeah. towards that. We got to get everybody involved somehow. So yeah, I could see that being the main event. I think the tag titles might open the show. Okay. I think I that, that I think that has a better chance of opening than the false count anywhere match. Yeah. Um uh, they'll maybe they book it as a double main event and yep. we get TNT title straight into the uh Jericho match. It could it's it's gonna be a good card. It's gonna be a fun show next week. That's yeah. for sure. So we then get the main event of last night's Dynamite, a big trios main event, AW World Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley and the AW World Tag Team Champions Matt and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks. Uh, very fun match, a lot of yes. back and forth, a lot of spots, a lot of craziness going on. Um, but I'm going to really kind of get right down to to the end of the match. Um, we see Nick Jackson send Carl Anderson out to the floor. Nick then hits a step-up twisting senton, and he landed on his feet, by the way. Uh, Matt's yep. feeling bad about Omega. Every time he hits Omega with something, he's checking to see how he's doing. Uh, Nick's telling him to come on and hit a, hit a BTE trigger, but Matt just can't do it. Moxley jumps in and is like, you got him. Like, hit him. They go for it again, but Matt still can't do it. Moxley tags himself in, but Matt is like, come on, man. Moxley pushes him out of the way, hits a paradigm shift on Omega. Then he gets in Nick's face this time, then hits another one on Omega, then hit, get, applies a rear naked choke. He's really just trying to take Omega's head off at this yeah. point. He goes for a third one, but the Young Bucks each hit super kicks on Moxley. They don't seem happy, though. Even after they hit that, they look disgruntled like, we had to do that. Eddie Kingston runs out, and he's trying to – 
get involved to stop it, but he gets stopped by Anderson and Gallows. They hit the magic killer on Kingston on the ramp. Back in the ring, they hit a magic killer on Moxley, and then they drive Omega over to Moxley for the one, two, three. Post-match, the Young Bucks look very conflicted as Don Callis is all happy and he's helping Kenny Omega up. The Good Brothers pick up uh, Moxley and Omega and uh, Callis want the Young Bucks to drop Moxley. They look at each other and then they nod their heads and hit stereo super kicks again on Moxley. Then they all hug it out. Omega, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Callis, Young Bucks to close the show. Yep. And of course, you know, Kenny wanted this and Matt's like, nope, nope, nope. Bring it in, bring it in. We're hugging it out. Um, BTE is going to be great. It's got to be. I mean, we cannot have another 10 minute episode this week after that unless it is straight 10 minutes of Young Bucks. And the crowd was chanting, you sold out. Matt and Nick and the commentators were saying, yes, they did sell out. And they referenced that the Bullet Club is back. Yes, Even though I did. still call them the elite. They, because yes. even though, yeah, I don't know what's called, but that's why I titled is right. the elite back. The elite is back together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, that was the thing. First you had uh JR saying bullet Cubs back together, but Excalibur, if you listen closely says the elites back together. Yeah. So um, I thought Shivani said the bullet clubs back. Oh, maybe it was Shivani. Yeah. I don't know. I just know Excalibur was the one that said, no, the elites yeah. back together. Yeah. So it's kind of like Excalibur knows, look, they're not trying to do the Bullet Club thing. They're the elite when you've got the Bucks in there. I. It's tough to see where this is going. Yes. I almost feel like, and I'm sure this isn't the case because AEW's really got playing out, but I almost feel like they're not sure where they're going. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I... The one thing that I wasn't too sure about during um, the the turn, if you want to call it that, um, it reminded me a lot of QT's turn um, last week. You know, he turned his back on everybody as everybody was taking everybody out. Um, and the Bucks kind of did that this week, you know, when they're dropping magic or uh, yeah. Magic Killers on Kingston and Moxley, they're not watching. They're not looking at it. So either they're still conflicted and not sure which way they're going or whether it be BTE or Dynamite next week, they're going to come out as full-fledged heels and which, deliver a great promo. If, if they're if they're all in, you know, with Omega and the Good Brothers, I want to see the old Ring of Honor, New Japan heel bucks. By far my favorite version of Heel Bucks. Uh, we got Heel Bucks right before the pandemic. It wasn't that good. They just had an attitude. They were cranky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were yeah. mad at themselves. I, yeah. Everybody called them heels. I never really did. Um, to me, they were just upset with their career path at that point in time. So I see two different kind of ways they're going to go with this, or a few different options, and I'll, I want your ideas on this. The short term... I'm starting to think either it's for the titles or not, but I'm starting to think we're going to get Mox and Kingston versus the Unbox at double or nothing. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not 100% sure that it'll be for the titles uh, because I've got a feeling the Bucks drop them next week. Well, um, well, Eddie could get involved and cost them the match. Those who used to be his guys and his family. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm I'm still torn though. Um, 
I still I do. I do think the Bucks drop next week and then it'll lead to Moxley and Kingston in a tag match against the Bucks, especially after last night, because Moxley's gonna want revenge because he said, you know, I don't even trust you guys to begin with, but I need to do this to get the revenge for Kingston. And so Moxley was right. And I think there's gonna be a playoff on that. I'm still wondering in the back of my head, and I can't, and maybe I'm just looking way too into things, but I'm wondering if they're using all of this right now for filler because what they really want to do is these five guys, the Good Brothers, Kenny, and the Unbucks, go against New Japan's Bullet Club. And they got to wait until travel is safer. I'd be okay with that. But here's a better question. What's happening this weekend just up the road? WrestleMania. <laughs> do they do anything about it? You know, do they? I mean, I don't think they're going to show up and, you know, no, no. an invasion segment or anything. No, but no, no. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something referencing it, if not at the house show, definitely next Wednesday. I mean, they might next Wednesday, they'll definitely mention something about the wars being over, I'm sure. But, I think people are looking way too into this Jericho Steve Austin thing as a potential partnership. These two companies are not going to partner. AW might partner with everybody else. They're not going to partner with the WWE. You know, I saw something a week ago that absolutely had me cracking up laughing just because a week ago it was April Fool's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a legit looking post. It had the WWE logo, the AEW logo, uh, picture of Vince McMahon's signature and Tony Khan's signature on it that said these two companies are going to start working together um, on yeah. a kind of trading basis where they could trade out talent and they were really interested in Cody and that right there I knew right away I was like yeah, yeah this is fake there's too, there's too many egos on both sides still I mean I know they both said they're open for business blah 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 they can say that but I have to believe it to see it. I, I think AEW is open to work with any other promotion except them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will say Tony might be open to working with WWE, but his EVPs are not going to be because yeah. they've either worked there or turned them down because they didn't want any part of it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. See what happens. I just think the bullet club things make sense when travel safer because there was that, that they talk a lot of trash to each other on Twitter, and there's been so many Bullet Club mentions on Dynamite on TNT, which I didn't think they could say, but obviously they've got permission or something. They're not doing that by mistake. They're doing no. that on purpose. So sp seeds are being planted. Well, let's not forget one of the members of, uh, if I'm correct, used to be at least of the New Japan Bullet Club, is right up the road from them again. Um, um. Kenta. Yeah. Yeah, who's already made an appearance. Mm -hmm. So and and Moxley's still got the New Japan US title. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. I just think there's too much there. I think I think that's their big blow off angle of the year. Now, here becomes the question. With New Japan having the American television show now on the Roku channel, do they bring the Bullet Club over? For that and then try to work in that segment with AEW. Well, I think I think they could once travel safer. I mean, once you know the quarantine restrictions and everything kind of lessen. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to see a lot of 
crazy things. I, I just, and maybe I'm looking way too far into this. I just think that's what they got planned and they got to figure out, we got to fill in the blanks till we can do that. Well, I mean, you know, when they first threw up the two suite, you know, yep. it was a, are they even allowed to do that? And that right then and there started talking bullet club. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you got Excalibur who keeps saying no, the elite, the elite, the elite. I mean, but everybody else is saying Bullet Club. McKinney wore a Bullet Club T-shirt on the Impact pay per view. Yep. So it's not it's it's all done on purpose. Yeah, there, but, there's no coincidence in this. One interesting thing I will say, and and then we can start wrapping this up is, <laughs> I thought we'd see Kenny against Ibushi. Ibushi lost the title to Will Ospreay last weekend. Yes, he did. Uh, so there goes that idea. Yeah, because uh, just about a year ago, year and a half ago, uh, some guy in the other company uh, by the name of Seth Rollins sent out a tweet to him and said, you know, ah, don't even try coming to AEW we've ar- or WWE. We've already got the better version of you over here referring to Ricochet. And now look where Will's at and look what he's done. Exactly. Look what Ricochet's at. They don't even use them as they do. They exactly. don't use them correctly. And, and, and Will Ospreay's arguably the – he's right up there with Ray Phoenix as the best high flyer in the world. So, Yep. Yep, it'll be interesting. I mean, that's why we love this company. They keep us on our on our toes because uh, a lot of storyline – I mean, we're still over a month away from Dover nothing, but I'm like – I have no idea what any of the cards are going to be at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do know I don't have to worry about getting up after double or nothing. So that's good. We yes. Hear that. Yes. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. It's yep. on on a Sunday, the pay-per-view. So That's the sad part, but uh, yeah. Monday's an off day. Well, we won't have to worry about uh, being on a uh, – well, yeah, we'll be on a Sunday for All Out, but um, Full Gear won't So no. come November. So letter grade for last night's Dynamite, Paul. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about what the max could be, um, last night. I, I still didn't reach it after thinking about it for 24 hours. I gave him a B and, and I enjoyed the show. So I don't want people mm-hmm. to crap oh, on my absolutely. grade, but this could be my lowest grade. I've got C plus. Okay. So you didn't raise it all. No, I, mm-hmm. uh, I thought about maybe raising the B minus, but uh, just couldn't get into the Jurassic Express um, Bear Country match. A little sloppiness in the TNT title match for my liking. Uh, and I know I'm getting real nitpicky here, but even with the uh, bit after the TNT title match, I thought that should have went right into the women's match. And then the fact that it didn't kind of threw me off a little bit. So um, nitpicky yeah. things here and there. but Yeah, and you're going to cause me to lower my grade. Um, you know and yeah that that segment right after the tnt title match i mean i know matt hardy's taken on darby allen but it really made no sense i mean it set up perfectly for going into the women's match and sure they were right when they said it's up next it was the next match yeah but but they made it sound (laughs) like we're gonna come off commercial break and it's right there yeah, yeah, we didn't we nope. didn't get that. <laughs> nope, nope. So, but with that said, I thought good promos by Britt Baker, unbelievable promo by Chris Jericho. I enjoyed the main event match. I enjoyed the opener. So there was some good stuff on the show as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that's what saved it for me um, because I was right with you. I was at a C plus, but the more and more I just I thought about Jericho's promo, it helped raise the 
it helped raise that grade and then um the main event did as well so who's your aw wrestler of the week eddie kingston interesting choice ex- ex- explain why <laughs> why why eddie um because injury and all he came out to help his best friend he came out to help his drinking buddy he said i don't care I'm going out there. He knew he he knew he didn't stand a chance. No way that he was going to get anything off. But yet he still ran right out there, right into the face of danger, and got hit with a magic killer. Yeah, he. Uh, it's time for Eddie and Mox to get some revenge because Eddie's getting beat up week in week out lately. Yep, yep. And you know, I would have loved for. Uh, Eddie Kingston promo to be able to help support that theory, but I got to give it to him just off the fact that he was willing injury and all to go help his buddy. And I'm also going to go with a wrestler that wasn't involved in the match. I'm going to go with Chris Jericho. Okay. Cut a a fire promo. And then later in the night gets beat up, but Mike Tyson saves him. Uh, could have went with Sean Spears because the guy got crapped on verbally and literally <laughs> with some work punches by Tyson. Thank God he threw those work punches at a midsection because if he tried to throw him to the face, I don't think he'd be able to throw a work punch. He probably would have threw a shoot punch and knocked him out. So, um, yep. but those were definitely work punches to the midsection. But but uh, Sean took them and uh, TMZ even ran with it and made a nice little headline and article with it today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jericho and the Inner Circle full baby hit faces, and I I love that promo to kick off their baby face run last night, and uh, that that's my pick. Okay, I I can I can deal with the Jericho pick any week. <laughs> and uh, before we wrap up, just a reminder to everybody: please uh, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. Subscribe wherever you might li- be listening to this podcast on whatever podcast platform. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review. We really appreciate that. You can follow both Paul and I on Instagram and Twitter. Our handles are mine's at TannerLee92, Paul's is at PaulZartman921, and you can also catch the videos of all of our episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and usually Twitch, but this one's also on Periscope this week. So you can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channels as well. So we appreciate all the support. Uh, we do this for the All Elite Wrestling fans from two passionate All Elite Wrestling fans. So looking forward to bringing you a lot more content and talk next week. And for Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.